Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Daisy, welcome to Ghost. Thank you. I'm very excited to give you this reading. You tell me what you would like a reading about. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and read my question that I wrote. I titled it Pity Party Princess. I've always been one to get stuck in feeling sorry for myself. Growing up, I always felt like I had a tendency to see the glass half empty, and my parents would frequently call me out for having pity parties. Well, I'm still throwing pity parties, and I'm finding it harder and harder to break this pattern of negative thinking, but it seems to be at the root of so many of my problems. I know I have so much to be grateful for, and I am incredibly grateful for my life, but it seems like my negativity continues to run the show. This feels in contradiction to my Sagittarius moon, which is supposed to be all about optimism and adventure. I want to channel that energy more in my life, but I keep getting stuck on the how of actually changing this pattern. How can I live more positively and embrace some of that Sagittarius energy that I know I have in me? Mm. As much as I love... And I truly do love the title Pity Party Princess as a Capricorn. I'm like, fuck, I'm so bummed I didn't come up with that on my own. <laughs> but so as much as I love that, I do want to ask, what are some symptoms of being a Pity Party Princess? What are, what are, what's some evidence you have that you are, in fact, deserving of the crown? As a kid, I know that I'm, like, I knew that I was evident of the crown because I would cry a lot about, which, you know, as a Pisces and I value emotion deeply, but it felt like I was crying for like attention in many ways. You felt like you were crying for attention or you were told you were crying for attention? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Maybe I'm not super aware of like when the attention that I'm seeking is like warranted or when it's like too much or I'm being too needy, I guess. Mm. When you as a child or maybe and also as an adult Mm -hmm. cry because of feeling bad Mm -hmm. do you feel pity for yourself and you want others to commiserate in how terrible and awful things are for you is that what's happening yeah yeah so that's yes thank you for putting words to this (laughs) my pleasure exactly yeah I feel like it's an ego thing to be honest because there is a difference for me between like crying to let my emotions out and like feel my feelings and seeking support in a way that's for validation, I guess, or yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I have this like deep need to feel comforted all the time by people around me. My partner is great at that. And like, I think with him, I see the pity party princess thing the most, I would say, because I feel like I have like main character syndrome and I know everybody's the main character of their life. And like, oftentimes he said like, oh, well, that's okay. Cause I like being a side character. Like, I think he genuinely just doesn't want the attention on him. And I'm kind of more like with the people that I love and care about, like my family, my close friends, 
I really do feel like I, I want to be the center of attention in many mm. ways, which is so interesting because like that seems like in contradiction with like when I'm out in the world outside of my close friends it's and family. Not. I'm going to tell you all about why it's not. Yeah. So I think it's just interesting to me because with my close friends and family, it's like I'm always it just needing it gives me like a sense of comfort, I think, to have people be like, oh, yes, yeah, so what you're going through is so hard. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I need people to tell me that like what I'm going through is hard. Yeah. Okay. When you were a kid, which mm-hmm. to be fair, we're not sharing your birth information, but you were born in 1998. So when you mm-hmm. were a kid was not that long ago. It was like no. five years ago or something. <laughs> I um, still feel like a kid. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I would say if you're pre-Saturn return, you know, yeah. we're still in the, you know, the adult phase of the childhood in our twenties. Right. Yeah. So when you were in your parents' home, part of mm-hmm. your childhood, did you get attention outside of when you were sad? And crying like did you feel like you had to like get attention in that way because that was the only way to get attention or that was just you were getting attention and also doing this this is a really interesting question because I okay growing up in my family I was kind of my family would often say that like I was the boss like I kind of ran the show again I fear when I say this I'm like oh does that sound like super egotistical like But I do feel like I have like this energy of like, it's like a a control thing partially, I think. So I'm going to, I'm going to slow you down and interrupt you because I asked you how you felt about the attention you got and you told me what your parents would say about you. So I want to just interrupt all the narratives. Okay. And just ask you like, did you feel like when you weren't feeling sad or sorry for yourself, when you weren't weeping, were you getting attention? This is a hard question. I would say yes. Yeah, I would say I did because I felt really loved by my family. I'm sure there were points where I felt like I wanted more attention. I think as a really young child, I went through a period of maybe not feeling like I was getting the attention I needed. Mm -hmm. Do you know if one of your grandparents passed away anywhere from a year before your birth until you were about seven years old, somewhere in there? No, but my my mom's mom, my grandma, passed away when I was, I think, 11 or 12. Was she sick for a while? Yeah, she was. I was really close to her. Yeah, it's interesting that you asked this. My brother and I would often, like, go to her house on the weekends and stuff. And she would come for Christmas. And we'd go over to her house on Thanksgiving and It was just my grandma, like my mom's mom. It was just like that was the only kind of person left in my mom's side of the family. And Mm. so like we spent a lot of time with her and she was only an hour away, whereas like my dad's side of the family like lived in a different state. My grandma was pretty much my extended family. Like that was like the extent of like my extended family. And and you're saying she was sick for a while. So it wasn't like a total shock. Okay, so I'm going to just dive right in. The first thing is, yes, you have a moon in Sagittarius. Let me speak to that because mm-hmm. a lot of astrologers, I think, are wrong about what a Sagittarius moon means. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from old school astrology. But mm-hmm. all to say, you pick up a book, any book, the description of anything in Sagittarius, but certainly the moon in Sagittarius, people are going to be like, you're resilient, you're happy, you're go lucky, you're a love adventure, read a book, take a trip. And there's an element of that that is true. But what I've come to find in my practice is that, I mean, a lot of people with moon and Jupiter suffer from 
depressiveness. So it can be depression, but it's generally depressiveness, this feeling of there's never enough. There's always more. More is possible. I could be doing more. You could be doing more. We could be more. Life could be more. And it's never enough. And so it kind of creates this basically crestfallenness that becomes this chronic crestfallenness. And that basically feels depressive. And what makes it worse is you go to the internet and the internet's like, you're happy, go lucky. And you're like, but I'm not. And so it makes it worse, right? Yes, this is, yes. This is you, this is you. So so that's the first thing I want to say. You do have intrinsic to your nature, this crestfallenness that Mm -hmm. I think is classic of the moon and Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing is you've got moon in the fifth house the natural placement for Leo Mm -hmm. in character syndrome. Check. Mm -hmm. You also have a Jupiter sun conjunction in your, in Pisces in Mm -hmm. the eighth house. Again, wanting to be the main character of all stories. Check. Mm -hmm. And that characteristic is something that needs to be tempered. We're going to get to that in a moment, but in your birth chart, we're going to stay with your moon. You have a moon Pluto conjunction. A moon Pluto conjunction is often found in the charts of people who had all manner of complicated childhoods and problem mm-hmm. and like problematic stressful childhoods which it doesn't sound like you did the other thing that this placement can suggest is that there was a death in the family when you yes. were young and it's not because of your grief that's not why it's because of your mom's and so if you think about it from an adult perspective your mom had lost every one of her relatives she had one relative left And that relative, her mom got sick. And so for years before she passed, your mom was dealing with a very scary issue that was not just scary of like, how's my mom? But she had to hold it together and repress her feelings to parent and to live. And so this repression of emotion that she, looking at your birth chart, I will say, probably desperately wanted the people around her to be like, don't you see what I'm going through? I'm suffering here. Yeah. And no one did, right? Yes. And this is where you got this, everything needs to stop. You need to deal with how I feel sad. So you kind of became the embodiment of this issue that your mom was going through. And that is related to her mom. And not just her mom, but the fact that everyone else had passed, right? And so she was essentially orphaned. And that happens at any age, that feeling of being orphaned. And again, she didn't get to like stop everything, fall apart. You know, if I look at your chart and I'm seeing it correctly, she didn't miss a fucking beat. She just kept on taking care of everyone. She did. Yeah. She absolutely did. And she still does. Like she continues to take care of me and I think I continue to embody that for her because yeah. I call her like every day. Okay. We're going to talk about that then. We're going to yes. talk about that because what is complicated is to quote Donna Cunningham, this astrologer who wrote this amazing book called Healing Pluto Problems, which anyone who has any Pluto aspects should get. It's a great mm-hmm. book. To quote her, she says, victimhood is powerful. It's power. And what you learned through, unfortunately, your mom's abandonment of self, 
she fed this in you <laughs> because she was trying to get it fed in herself. So this was a maladapted thing for your mom. We're not going to focus on your, your mom. We're going to focus on you. What you learned and then found to be very effective, and it sounds like you haven't like, you know, outgrown it, but you're writing in about this question. So you're trying mm -hmm. is that there is power in being a victim. There is power in being sad. You can make everything and everyone stop and bend to your whims and your needs when you tear up, when you panic, when you whatever it is that is either the real embodiment of how you feel or the dramatization of the yes. realness of what you feel, right? Yes. Yeah. And while it's true that this Moon-Pluto conjunction in the fifth house, just at the cusp of your sixth house, it, it does give you really intense emotions. Like they come on fucking hot and strong and you do often feel like you're drowning in your emotions. They can also stop. It can feel with the Moon-Pluto conjunction like there's someone who's at the light switch of your feelings and they're yes. just turning them off or on and you don't have control. Like it's consuming. Absolutely. All of that is true. It's all real. And also, let me frame it this way. If you have a terrible headache, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a terrible headache and every time you have a terrible headache, you go and get a tattoo, right? Because you want the pain of the tattoo to distract you from the pain of your headache. You're never actually helping your headaches at all. You're never mm -hmm. figuring out what's at the root of your headaches. You're just finding an effective distraction from pain. And then on top of it, you get lots of compliments on all those cute tattoos you got. So bada bing, bada boom, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> what I'm going to ground you into is having a Moon-Pluto conjunction means either you feel your feelings really intensely and dramatically and you become manipulative to yourself and others as a way to control your feelings and control your environment. Mm-hmm which means you stagnate and don't grow. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's a bad, bad path. And you wrote the question. So you already knew this, right? Like you already yes. knew you didn't want to keep this up, right? Yeah, I know this about myself. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> us. It, it keeps you stuck. It keeps you infantile. It keeps you, it keeps yes. you in a stage of as much as you don't want to feel badly, it's the only time that the whole world stops and focuses on you. So that there's something very addictive about feeling badly in that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so the other mm -hmm. thing that you can do with this conjunction is you can really start to take responsibility for how you feel. And that means not isolating yourself and being 100% independent, but instead really working on the parts of you that are codependent mm. and starting to be more to develop the skill of being independent so that you can be interdependent. Have you heard this word interdependent? Yes. My therapist has. <laughs> I like your therapist. Well played. Good job. Yes. Okay, good. This is not the first time you're hearing this. Excellent. No. Good. The thing about Pluto is that Pluto is pain. Pluto is trauma. And for you within your birth chart, a lot of the trauma that you have that is related to this issue is inherited as opposed to experience. Yes. And so it's very hard because you are likely, especially with the moon and Sag, to be constantly seeking a narrative. Why do I feel this way? What does it mean? How did it happen? Yeah. And your narrative is going to be fiction 
because it doesn't really matter how it came to be. You don't get to fix your mom. You don't get to heal your mother's childhood, your mother's past, your parents' marriage. None of that's your damn business. I mean, it's your business, but it's not your business. All you can do is take responsibility for how you feel and what you do around your feelings. So in other words, how you respond to your reactions. As mm. You've heard me say a million times probably. Yes. Yeah. And so this is hard. And what will happen is if you actually try to do this, and I'm sure you've had moments where you've tried to do this, is you're like, okay, I'm feeling my feelings. I'm not going to make everything stop. I'm not going to make everyone focus on me as mm -hmm. much as, you know, your moon in the fifth house and your Pluto conjunction want it. And then five seconds pass, 15 seconds, 60 seconds pass. And now you feel like you're dying, like because Pluto governs our flight or fight mechanisms. So yeah. it makes us feel like we're drowning, like we're burning, like something terrible is happening. And then panic comes up. And that's where you may likely have a really hard time not bringing people in to take care of you because now you're not just sad. You're not just overwhelmed. Now you're panicking. So mm -hmm. do you experience anxiety attacks? Yes. I've yeah. had like chronic anxiety like all my life, essentially. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen. You are a Pisces yes. and you have the sun conjunct Jupiter and Mercury in the eighth house. It'll give you yeah. some anxiety. Yeah. But there are m multiple forms of anxiety that you experience. And the mm -hmm. form I'm referring to is I don't want to tolerate these feelings. I shouldn't have to tolerate these feelings. I can't tolerate these feelings. Somebody else has to hold them for me. And that's where it goes into anxiety, which is different than I was at my desk working and then all of a sudden I had a panic attack. That's like a radically different for, and you know what I'm, does this make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't really experience the other kind of panic okay. where it's just like all, all of a sudden, like it definitely usually has something that caused it and then it became yeah. overwhelming yeah. really quickly. So I have a question. Do you want to be an adult? This is a really big question for me. <laughs> And I've worked and talked about this extensively with my therapist. And I think right now I don't want to, like, I, yeah. I don't want to No, I think I'm afraid of being an adult. Yeah. I think that's a very honest answer. And it comes back to being the baby yes. is power. Yes. Babies yep. get fed and changed and clothed. Babies, you know, don't have to pay their own way. They don't have to do their own dishes because you're a baby. Yep. You're right. Being an adult is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, nobody's going to disagree with you about that. That's, that's real. And also you're stuck in a rut. All of the doors that lead you out of this room that is safe, that you know really well, mm -hmm. in which you have power, but you don't get to really grow. All of them require you taking responsibility for yourself and doing more things on your own, AKA adulting. They all require that. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because I think there's a part of me that has known that I needed that. Something that's like really influential in terms of like my life and the things that happened around me growing up and my themes of growing up is, so I moved to a different state for college for my undergrad and I like was instantly miserable and homesick and it was horrible and I cried every day. Just, it was com like complete, the most miserable I've ever been. And I kept deciding I was going to move back home. And then I kept deciding that I was going to actually go back. And it was like this back and forth, wishy-washy experience. And 
ultimately, I made the final decision after several times of back and forth to stay and to stay at school there. And because I found friends who felt like family, so that made it feel safe. And I've stayed in this state ever since away from my family. And that has been like a really hard thing for me. But it's interesting that like I felt pulled to do that. And there's nothing wrong. Like, I, we don't want to, like, throw out the baby with the bathwater here. There's nothing yeah. wrong with wanting family. There's nothing wrong with feeling safe through having community of people that you're, like, connected to, that yeah. care about you and you care about, that you look out for and they look out for you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with, like, going away to school because, forgive me, how old How old were you when you left home to go to university? 18. Yeah. I mean, something wrong with being 18 and being like, holy shit, I'm on my own. The fuck? What do I do? Mm -hmm. I mean, in your own words, of course. Yeah. Like, it sounds like that was your version is like crying, yeah. being indecisive. Right. All of that is perfectly normal and fair. And, and we don't want to pathologize it. Yeah. And also, you are at this point and you have been since your Saturn square to Saturn, which happened about a year and a half ago. Right. Mm. It was 2019. It was in 2019 that this happened. Your Saturn oh. square to Saturn. How old were you then? 21. At that point, Saturn squared Saturn. So Saturn was in Capricorn. You've Saturn at 17 degrees of Aries. Mm -hmm. And that was meant to be a time where you kind of stepped up and into yourself as an adult more. Mm. And so my question is, did you do that? Or did you actually kind of go the opposite way and become a little bit more dependent on your family of origin? I'm in grad school right now. So 2019, I was kind of applying to grad school. And then 2020 came around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I got into grad school and I was, there was part of me that was like, you know, maybe I want to like work first, you know, get out yep. into the field and work. And my mom was like, well, there's a pandemic. It kind of makes more sense to just do school. Like it's going to be like, I'm in like a helping profession. I'm like mm -hmm. getting my degree for counseling. She was like, well, it's going to be probably hard to find work in this field, you know, right now. And just with like all the social distancing and masking and stuff. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'll just do it, get it over with. Cause I know I want to do this anyway. And I chose to like, yeah, go to school. I don't want to say it was a cop out, but school is definitely something that is connected to being a kid for yeah. me. Yeah been in school since I was like a child essentially like yeah up to this day still so and, and do your parents and you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable but do your parents pay for school and pay for your life while you're in school they they help me out yeah yeah yeah. yeah I mean again you've got Jupiter Sun conjunction in the eighth house and this is often people who have this often have parents who give them money or end up with a partner who gives them money mm -hmm. and there's not anything wrong or right I mean lots of people want that that's amazing yeah. and also it can be infantilizing, right? Yes, because you, your peers are working and kind of like learning the world in a way that you're not doing, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think we all know is that when somebody has money and doesn't have to really disclose that they have money, then you kind of like fake it and like, you know, you try to get along and pretend that you're like on the same page as everyone else when you're not. And while yeah. yes, that is a privilege, that's not what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk about how you're robbing yourself or you're yeah. being robbed of, you know, of these developmental experiences that are age appropriate, mm -hmm. right? On a foundational level, I do feel that for you, 
all the things that you need to do to cope with this issue foundationally require you being willing to adult. Yeah. You choosing it. And Mm -hmm. because of your circumstances, you don't have to. Your boyfriend will enable you. Your parents will enable you. And then also you're good at like stopping everything and making people focus on you, right? So Uh, nothing's going to interrupt this as a young person. Mm -hmm. I think you know that this won't age well. Yeah. But as a young person, nothing's going to stop you except for you. You are going through a series of Saturn transits right now. Saturn is sitting on top of your sun. It's squaring your moon. It's sitting on top of your Jupiter, and it will, before too long, form a square to Pluto. And Saturn transits are always about maturization. They're always about growing up. They're always about Mm -hmm. maturing. They're always about consequences for actions taken or not taken, which is why you wrote this triple Capricorn asshole who's going to be like, grow up, take responsibility. Like, you, of course, you knew what you were going to get a little bit yeah. when you called yeah. me, right? Yes. So, so you did the right thing to basically, like, call the embodiment of Saturn. Hey, triple yes. Capricorn over here while you're going through Saturn transits. But what I would say is really important for you to be thinking about is that in this period of your life, this year, 2023, next year, mm-hmm. 2024, you will have a lot of causes to, like, go deep in pity princess mode and whatever you do or don't do now is laying a foundation for the next 29 years of your development. Yeah. Ouch. And so what (laughs) is in your best interest, and that's because of the conjunctions from Saturn. Yeah. Saturn conjunctions are always the start of a 29 year cycle. What is in your best interest to do is the hard work now because you don't have to succeed. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be good at it. But trying, that sets a foundation for the next 29 years that you actually want, right? Yeah. And so I want to be clear that being an adult and taking responsibility for yourself doesn't mean you're not sad and it doesn't mean you're not anxious and it doesn't mean people don't help you. It just means you first strive to understand what's happening for yourself to soothe yourself And then when you ask for help, it's not in a like, everybody needs to stop. My feelings are the most important feelings that are happening in the world right now. My pain is the most important pain because your pain can be truly terrible. And also somebody else may be having a bad day or the way in which you navigate getting your needs met can be more, again, adult. I mean, for lack of, I can, I can like explain what I mean by that, but, I, sure, yeah. but I'm assuming you know what I mean by. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. More yeah. independent, like kind of take care of things on yeah. my own. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, one day you may grow up to be a pity party queen. You know what I mean? Like you may outgrow the princess crown and become a queen. And that's not actually a bad thing. Like part of what drew me to your question is that I don't think feeling badly is I mean, it's not fun. It's not Mm -hmm. great, but I don't think it's wrong either. There's nothing wrong with feeling shitty other than it's shitty. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing like moralistically wrong about feeling so overwhelmed by your emotions that you feel desperate and you don't know what to do. That's pretty like human and real. I don't want to suggest that that's like something you need to outgrow or there's something wrong with you with that at all. No, yeah. It's really just about striving to figure out how to take care of yourself instead of perpetuating the pattern of needing other people to figure out how to take care of you for you. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So, I'm processing. No, no. That, that's yeah. what I want you to do. I want you to process and take your moment. The state uses media and technology to silence, surveil, and criminalize marginalized communities. Big tech companies partner with ICE and law enforcement to spy on trans youth, folks seeking abortions, activists, immigrants, Muslim families, and more. Tech and media don't just shape how we tell our stories. They also determine who is and is not free. Media Justice is a BIPOC and queer-led organization fighting for racial, economic, and gender justice in a digital age. Home of the Media Justice Network, made up of more than 70 grassroots partners, Media Justice fights discrimination, surveillance, algorithmic bias, and dehumanizing narratives alongside communities most impacted by these issues. Support Media Justice's vision of a world where everyone is connected, represented, and free. Visit mediajustice.org slash give today and follow MJ on social media at Media Justice to join our movement. I just want to like pause. I'm going to have you say your full name out loud for me. Okay. Okay, great. So here's something that I see. When I said that, did it make you, was there like a little bit of an angry response? That oh. just started to come up. Did you start to feel a little like agitated or angry? No, but I, I'm generally feeling a little agitated just in general right now. Like in <laughs> like, life in general or in this conversation in general? Not like not I shouldn't say agitated, but more just like anxious because I you're telling me all the hard truths. It's like I also feel anxious like hearing these things because I'm like, oh God, am I an asshole? Like <laughs> Okay. Like, let's let's tap into that. Let's okay, that's that's the thing. That's what it is. It's the yeah. am I an asshole? Let's go there. Okay. I will say first, Sun Jupiter conjunction. It's in Pisces. Again, if you look at astrology books, they're gonna be like, everything comes to you, life flows, people like you, everything is easy. People, I mean, again, this is one of those things where I feel like people are off the mark a little bit. Yeah. The Jupiter Sun conjunction has lots of great things about it, including you want people to take care of you and you find people who want to take care of you. Lots of people have the same Pluto moon conjunction, but they don't find people who take care of them, right? Like for, there's pros and cons, but like, you know, Jupiter sun, there's luck associated with it, but there's something else, which is main character syndrome. Like it can make you a little arrogant. It can make you self-centered because Jupiter is just like, everything belongs to me. Like mm -hmm. I should take the biggest slice of cake, obviously. Yeah. That is something that with just a desire to change it, you can change. Like that is not something that is deeply traumatic for you to change. It yeah. only requires you believing that it's valuable for you to be conscientious about other people, right? To be generous, basically. Yeah. So I want to just name that part. Okay. But then there's the other part, which mm -hmm. is the Pluto moon conjunction, which is square to your sun and Jupiter. Mm -hmm. That placement in your chart can have you and you're not alone i just want to be really clear when you feel sad or bad those feelings are so overwhelming that it makes you feel entitled to be manipulative or to do things that you know are not right when you think yeah. about them in a different mode right yeah and that is something where it's not like you're not a bad person you're not an asshole whatever none of that but also this is part of adulting it's taking mm -hmm. responsibility for the ways in which you know you know better, but you don't know how to do better yet. Yeah. You know the ways in which 
you behave or have behaved that are not what you think is right or that you wouldn't want other people doing to you? Question mark. I guess. I mean, I've always kind of considered myself a like kind person and like I feel like I'm very empathetic. So generally, like I I feel like I do take people's emotions and what they might feel into consideration. So I agree. It looks like you absolutely do. First yeah. of all, Jupiter Sun conjunction is generous. You are sensitive to other people's feelings. You have Venus and Neptune in the seventh house. And that Venus is in Capricorn. You're really like you show people how yeah. you care about them. So this is okay. This is really important. Let me just slow down. Part of what you heard me say was when I was speaking to like, oh, you know that there are things you've done. You're like, I'm not a bad person. Yes. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> this is an equivalency that most of us do when we hear an individual criticism yeah. or we do it out of shame. Yes. And the problem with those feelings of guilt and shame is that they are really self-obsession. So now you're defending yourself against what I might be saying or what might be there Yeah. instead of looking at like, okay, I am not a bad person and it doesn't mean I haven't done bad things. I mean, if we can just pull back, I'll speak to myself. Yeah. Listen, you don't get to be a sun, moon and rising in Capricorn as I am without being a dick sometimes. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Like, okay, I, I, you know what what I mean? mean, yeah. Okay, so you can hear me say that, right? Like, yes. I'm not saying I'm a terrible person, but I have absolutely been a dick to the people I love. Yeah. For sure. And sometimes as I was doing it, I was like, Jessica, you're being a fucking dick. And sometimes I felt totally entitled. I didn't think I was being a dick. And people came back to me and were like, we're friends. You're not my boss. You don't get to teach me how to be your friend. You know, like obvious things that in a Capricorn stuff. Yeah. Every once in a while, we've got a real good person or a real bad person. Right. Mm -hmm. But most of the time we have real complicated people. Yeah. This is really important that that's what came up for you because yeah. I think that's what comes up for you when it comes time for what I'm in this moment calling adulting, right? Like yes, yeah. your part. You're like, wait a minute, but I am a good person. So I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to own that part because of all these wonderful things that I bring to the table. And mm -hmm. I'm saying you do bring all these wonderful things. I mm -hmm. agree with you. I see it. Not blowing smoke up in your ass. Like I, I see all the wonderful things that you bring to the people you care about, but also to strangers. You're a generous, kind person in many ways. And also, there is this thing, mm -hmm. and it's deep inside of you, and it's from your childhood, and it's keeping you stuck. And from this place, there are ways that you are manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't mean, like, let's say you're being manipulative to your boyfriend. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not also kind to him. It doesn't mean you don't appreciate him. It doesn't mean you don't love him. It doesn't mean that you don't, like, give him shoulder rubs and, like, you know, buy him his favorite treats when you're out at the store. Like, it doesn't mean anything other than when you get activated, you know you do this thing. No, you're right. I just, I think that word manipulative, like, really gets me. Like, I don't know, something about the word, like, it just is... Does it feel inaccurate? Well, I know that I can be smart about trying to get what I want. I know that I can do that, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think when I hear manipulative, I feel like I associate that with like at the cost of other people's emotions. And I feel really careful about not harming people. Like, I feel like that is something I'm very... Okay, I'm going to interrupt that. Of. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt that for a couple of reasons. The first is... 
Moon Pluto conjunction, I'll just tell you one of the keywords is manipulation or mm -hmm. manipulative, right? But also what you're saying, I know is true. I know what you're saying is true. I yeah. also know that when you're activated, you're not thinking about anything but yourself. You can't because you're so overwhelmed by your emotions. Yeah. When you first sat down with me and explained this issue and this problem, you said that you know that when you feel sad and when you feel bad, you need people to take care of you. Like it's yeah. actually important. And in those moments, I am genuinely asking you this question. Yeah. I'm not trying to like set you up or anything, but like, do you genuinely think in those moments you're thinking, is he having a bad day? Are they, <laughs> are they feeling in any way overwhelmed? Am I making everything stop to take okay, care of yeah. me? That's, you know yeah. what? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do that with my partner. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. He yeah. has seen that. And I, and my family, like, I think yeah. my family and my partner received that from me. Yeah. That's sure. the moon. That's the moon. It's like, you yeah. made it to family status. If you make it to family status, they're going to get to know this particular part of you because when somebody is close enough to you, mm -hmm. you can't help but be raw with them. And our raw parts are messy. Yeah. And so you're going to get to know your partner's worst characteristics and he's going to get to know yours and that's the truth for every relationship ever that isn't completely superficial yeah no and he does and actually I'm very comfortable admitting that with like I can admit that like yes I know that I have especially with my parents and my brother like put them in situations where like I want them to take care of me pay attention to me I don't care what's going on right. with you guys right now you know right. like I know that and especially with my mom. And that checks completely with what I see in your birth chart. And so I, you know, if you hate the word manipulation, you know, then A, we don't have to use it. Slash also B, I want to mm -hmm. encourage you to actually do a little research, a little me-search research. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like look into what the word means and look into maybe talk to your therapist about like, what is that defense about? Because my guess is that this defense that you have around it is because it's the same thing we just looked at a second ago. It's that mm -hmm. you're like, well, if I'm manipulative in this situation, then I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. And I have to prove that I'm not manipulative in all situations. And the truth is yeah. somebody can be incredibly dishonest at work and be really loyal and honest with their friends. Right? Yes, like the nuance, the gray. Nuance. And your moon Pluto <laughs> conjunction is like all or nothing. Black, yes. white, no gray, yes. no Very yellow. Black and no. White. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing but black and white. And so yeah. whenever you get into this absolutist thinking or feelings, you know that your moon Pluto has been triggered. Mm -hmm. The truth is, you know, this conversation, it is asking you to be really humble. Like you put yourself in the position yeah. to, to be really humble, which I really respect. Part of what it empowers you to do that is you do have a moon and Sag. You do have a Sun-Jupiter conjunction. There is something in you that is resilient enough to be able to sit and be present with something that you don't know how to sit and be present with. That is a really important inner resource that you have. And also, healing Pluto problems takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort. All to say, you're not supposed to be like, oh, I'm 25. I've healed my Pluto problems. That shit doesn't exist. It doesn't yeah. exist. Nobody has done it. Nobody. Mm -hmm. That's just not how life works. And so it's, you don't need to like rag on yourself, but there is an important thing to recognize. Like there is this part of me that does this thing. 
I know what I get out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you told me already, you know what you get out of it. Yes. Yeah. So how is it holding me back? Like, Mm -hmm. am I in a rut with it? Is there a way that it's going to stunt my happiness, my development? And is it costing my mom, my boyfriends, my dad, whatever? Is it costing them something? Mm -hmm. And is is that fair of me to be charging them that? Because the thing about your mom is that this is an issue that runs deep through your matrilineage and you're not responsible for your mom being willing to enable you. Like that's, that's on her, right? She's a grown up. She's your mom. And also you're a smarty pants and you know better. Mm-hmm. And so you have choice there around whether or not you want to be yes. a grown up and develop an intimate relationship with her. She's always going to be your mom and she's always going to baby you. That's not going to stop. But right. You have a choice about whether or not you're going to really show up in a different way. And in doing so, have to self-soothe a lot more, which you are capable of, not well yet, but you will only get better at it if you practice. Yeah, I think that's the key part that I know. I do know that I need to self-soothe better like and I just my tools like and I feel like I've always said this like for most of my life has been like oh like what are your coping skills like what are your things to help you and it's like oh my friends and family like you know Mm. they're the ones that help me get through things you know I couldn't do anything without them and like even like when I moved away and like met my close friends in college like it was like I wouldn't be able to do this without them you know Mm. So when we when we ground ourselves outside of ourselves, again, it doesn't age well. It's not safe, actually. Mm-hmm. And so for you, what I would say, because this Pluto moon conjunction, it's right at the cusp of the sixth house, but it's in the fifth. Finding ways of self-soothing require tapping into your meat suit, into your body. Yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah, yes, because that conjunction's sixth house When you feel feelings, and this is, you know, I just taught a class on the moon, so this is something I kind of talked about there. But when you feel feelings, here's my advice. Mm -hmm. And this is something for you to work on with your shrink and tweak with your shrink so it works for you. Is to first of all be like, oh, I'm having feelings. Ask yourself what they are. Mm -hmm. And I would refer you to emojis. Keep it sad, mad, bad, glad. Okay. Don't get fancy with language. Yeah. Yeah, I see your chart. Don't make this into a story. It's not a poem. It's not a prose. It's sad, (laughs) mad, bad, or glad, okay? Yes. No defenses, no excuses, just identifying sad, mad, bad, or glad. So that's Mm -hmm. step one. Step two is ask yourself, how do you know? How do you know you're feeling sad? Hmm. If you tap in, you'll be like, oh, I can kind of feel it in my chest and my throat, or Mm -hmm. I kind of feel it in my head, Mm -hmm. or "I I can't feel my body at all. That's how I know I'm feeling sad. You know, to start to try to trace it because it always comes back to the body. Our emotions tend to reside somewhere in the meat suit mm-hmm. or in the energy around the meat suit. Identify where it is. And then step three, breathe into it. Breathe into that part of yourself yeah. as a way to like not abandon your own emotions so that you or feel like your flight or fight is triggered and now you're desperate and you need to get someone else to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Instead, do this. And if you can, breathe into your meat suit, into your feelings, 
one minute. Like I'm not saying for five hours because mm-hmm. it's not a realistic goal. I want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. So 45 seconds, if you can take it, you know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you can take it. Yeah. And then see, ask yourself, is there anything I need? And you probably won't have a good answer for that at first because you're sure. so habituated about asking other people to fix you, right? Yes. So it's just about developing a habit that you can return to so that you can, instead of going from emotion to asking for help, emotion to expressing that emotion in a dramatic way for other people to see it, to be able to validate your own emotions without needing external validation or engagement to justify how real it is. Yeah. Because your emotions are real whether or not other people are aware of them and they're real whether or not other people validate them. Yeah. Ultimately, I always say like, oh, if I could just have a better relationship with myself, like I think that would help a lot of what I, and that's something I've always wanted, like always. I've always wanted to like have a stronger relationship with myself, but like I didn't really know what that meant or how to do that. And I stay in my head a lot. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess I'm kind of seeing like, oh, there actually is value in going into the body. Like, yes. it's not just like a thing that people say. No, it's it's really a deeply needed thing, especially yeah. for somebody like you who has such strong emotions and also so much water in your chart. I mean, listen, you actually have a fair amount of air and fire in your chart, too. But your Sun-Jupiter conjunction in Pisces, that's in the eighth house. You mm-hmm. got a Cancer rising. You got mm-hmm. a Pisces midheaven. I mm-hmm. mean, for you, being out of your body is easy peasy. Like, don't mm-hmm. even notice it. Yeah, it's really about the cultivation of self-reliance, which requires you to be present, unfortunately. I know. I know. It's the worst. Slash also within this, you will get to figure out how to get attention from people you love and trust for being successful, for being happy, for being at ease and needing nothing. There are so many different ways that you can get attention. And I think if you have more ways, then when you feel sad, you won't feel self-pity. You'll feel sad because the pity, the pity party, right? Like that's actually like the scab covering the wound. It's Mm -hmm. not the actual wound. From my perspective, astrologically on a core level, what is happening for you is that you're wanting attention because you want control. Yes. Yes. But you're also wanting attention because you want validation that what you're feeling is real and that other people know it's real and other people are helping you to justify that you have a right to feel what you feel. Yeah. And that part, that part's the part your mom can really identify with. So she is Mm -hmm. kind of the opposite way of managing, not feeling real, not feeling like her feelings are valid, but you share this, which is part of why it's so important to Again, for lack of a better way of saying it, kind of grow up within your dynamic with your mom. Oh, God. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because she is a person that you probably are hurting. She's participating. It's not your fault. You know, you don't, don't need to feel guilty. But this is definitely like a person that you really deeply care about who deserves to have more space for her feelings, too. And who... I think you would really enjoy getting to know and developing a more kind of adult relationship with. I think you really could get along very well with your mom, not just in the setup the two of you have, 
where both of you are playing a role and not yeah. really being real. Yeah, and we do. I've definitely like sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. Here I am. <laughs> I'm like tr- I've been like trying also like as a side note, like to like self-soothe throughout this. this you've done a great job. Yeah, you've done a great job, by the way. I've I've seen it. And also there's nothing wrong with crying. Yeah. Like we don't again, we don't want to pathologize all the parts. And I and I, I do want to validate, like, yeah, I have I have been tracking you yeah. and you have stayed present for the vast majority of this conversation. And yeah. also when you haven't been present, you're wrestling with information, yeah. which is the most that I could hope for, right? That's mm-hmm. the best as far as I'm concerned, because this isn't easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't be a chronic problem for you. Like, yeah, right. If it was easy, you would have handled it by now. But this is like a lifelong issue. So, yeah. yeah. But you were you were saying something about your mom. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, like it's been fun to talk to her and like have more just like doing activities together or like talking about life or whatever. Like yeah. I, we do get along in that way and we do have that connection still, but I see that at the end of the day, it's like, I'm reverting into the role. You know, every yeah. time I am crying or like having a really hard time, I like immediately call her like crying. And I know that she gets overwhelmed. I think mm-hmm. that's where like a big piece of like this maybe manipulative side mm-hmm. comes. It's with her and like, I'm really afraid to, like, ever, like, not have her for yeah. that reason. Yeah. I do see that you have a great relationship with your mom that could get a lot better. And I think it will over time, you know, if you if you do this work, which it seems like you are going to. I mean, you can kick and scream as you do it. That's fine. Like, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But that fear of losing her is human. And I don't think it goes away because... Forgive me as I sound like the Capricorn I am, but like the one thing that we're all guaranteed out of life, the only thing we're guaranteed out of life is death. It's the only thing. So I don't want to be like, oh, no, you'll never lose her. Because, yes, that is part of life. To me, what that suggests is all the more reason to find a way to self-soothe so that you can develop a relationship with your mom that's more nuanced and layered and intimate. I think if you go in that direction, the two of you are just going to be like besties forever instead of mommy and baby forever. Yeah. And I think that part of being besties with your mom is still going to be mother and child. Mm -hmm. But hopefully as you're, you know, eventually you're going to be like 30 and you want to be mother and child instead of mommy and baby, which is a little bit where it's still at. And what that might look like is before you call your mom, when you get really emotionally activated, doing a couple things to self-soothe. And unless it's an actual emergency, before mm-hmm. you share your emotions saying, what are you doing right now? Is this a good time? Yeah. Just like, I don't do that. <laughs> no, I know you don't do that, girl. I see you don't do that at all. It's yeah. just it's like you just dump a, bu- a bucket of water on her head. And so thinking like, oh, my mother's an adult human living in the world, the terrible, terrible world that I live in. Yeah. I should ask her if she has bandwidth right now. Mm-hmm. You know, is she at the grocery store? You know, is she having a rough day? And learning how to ask that. Sometimes she'll say no, but mm-hmm. if, she, if she's being honest and then you should have someone else on speed dial, include mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you've heard of this is very obscure, but there's a website called YouTube 
<laughs> and, and on it, there are bazillions of people who mm -hmm. have various forms of meditation, breathing exercises, vagus nerve work, like mm -hmm. all this amazing stuff that encompasses the body that you can do for free. If you call your mom and she's like, actually, now is not a great time. I'll call you when I get home so that you're not like uh, on the floor dying until mm -hmm. she shows up right mm -hmm. so that you're you're doing something to take care of yourself so when you talk to her you can be like i was really emotional this is my problem do you have advice i'm not as emotional anymore but like i really want to talk to you and get your you know your advice about something you yeah. can do that and still get attention but more kind of like you know 2.0 attention yeah i can do that i think the big piece is self-soothing first Yes. And trying that first and asking. I think that's yeah. a good step-by-step -step plan for me to like incorporate more. Is there anything else that, because I'm like going through all these Saturn transits that like I should keep in mind about how to be more of an adult or like. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's a practice. And I think yeah. part of what Saturn brings up is, is a sense of loneliness. And mm -hmm. part of why it does that is because Saturn teaches us about the ways in which we are individuals right yeah. it teaches us boundaries and for you boundaries mean loneliness and there's all this fear and there's this like scrambling that comes up for you so i imagine that if you take these steps and you don't need any extra steps these are all the fucking steps you need you just mm -hmm. need to do these steps don't make this complicated sagittarius moon loves to make things complicated yeah. this does not need to get complicated this keep this really simple and it will be really hard and you will fail and then mm -hmm. you just keep on trying but a bing mm -hmm. but a boom when we're going through saturn transits we're learning humility because mm -hmm. learning adulting is learning humility becoming mature is learning humility yeah I really value humility like I really yes. do yeah like and I value that in others and it's something I really work towards in myself and yep. like that's why I like am so focused on self-awareness and like I would say I'm very self-aware and yep. like want to always grow and be better you know so that's why it's hard for me to hear things sometimes because well, I'm like oh no am I failing? now I have to do something with this yeah. information right and I think this is the thing is I don't believe we ever reach an age or a point in our development where being humble is super easy all the time or where we're perfect there's ways that humility is you prize it and it's actually part of your career strategy and like mm -hmm. all of these kinds of things. And then there's parts of you that are still stuck in childhood patterns, right? Mm -hmm. We all have lizard brain. We all have parts of ourselves that are stuck in childhood patterns. Every single one of us. Those are the parts that for you need humility because you go straight to guilt or victimization and all these things. And that's not like a criticism of you. It's a thing of being like, okay, if that's true, is it true in this moment? Okay, mm -hmm. in this moment, it's not true. But in that moment, shit. Okay, in that moment, it's true. And it's just being able to stay present, really, yeah. it comes down to. And yeah. as you're in the Saturn transit time, you're mm -hmm. also going through a Neptune conjunction to your midheaven. So you've got like a lot going on astrologically. I want to just say this is a process and it's a path. It's not a destination. And it's not like a bell that you're going to ring and then it'll be rung and then it's done. That's mm -hmm. not it. And I think a lot of people hear about Saturn and they're like, okay, well, if I'm going through a Saturn transit, that means it's like I have to do something and I have to accomplish something. No, you have to be pointed in the right direction for the right motives. You have to figure out what your morals are and whether or not you're acting in accordance with them. Saturn's very moralistic. 
again, part of what really drew me to your question was that you were humble about this thing and you're like, I don't know how to fix it. This sucks, but but this is what it is. And I want to say that that puts you in a place where you found the door to get out of the room. Yeah. You haven't definitely done yeah. stepped through the doorway. My guess is you've opened the door and been like, ouch, yuck, no, and then closed the door. But this is really the self-soothing thing. And also, I would say asking your boyfriend, your mom, your brother, your dad, whatever, hey, do you have bandwidth to talk to me right now when you're when you're activated? Mm -hmm. Those two things will make a wildly difference in your life, like a okay. huge, massive difference in your life. And again, you don't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You have to try. That's all. Uh, yeah, I want to be perfect, though. <laughs> sure. Me too. That's Who something doesn't? I can own for sure is like the ego with the perfectionism is, yeah. I think, really present with me. I mean, yeah. And also everybody wants to be perfect. Sure. Everybody wants right. to be perfect at things we care about. You're right. And so cut yourself some slack about that part because one of your big strengths is mm -hmm. that you are somebody who can, in many ways, try, 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 because you want to make it right. That's when your perfectionism serves you. And when it doesn't serve you, it's like, well, if I can't do it easily and I can't do it quickly, well, then fuck it. I'm never going to do it. If I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to try at all. Yes. What we want to be able to do is recognize, like, where is the drive to do good an asset? And where's the drive to do good a hindrance? Again, that takes nuance. It takes presence, takes accountability, mm -hmm. humility, mm -hmm. all the things that we're talking about. And I do want to kind of encourage you talk with your shrink about this, talk with people you trust about this, if, you know, and all that kind of good stuff. But don't add a million to-dos on this list is my advice. So you can pull mm. out the to-dos I've given you and add different ones if you like, you know, yeah. but, but don't make this complicated. Keep it simple. When we keep it simple, then we do the hard work. When we make it complicated, then we have all these bells and whistles distracting us from the real work. Yeah. And it's, destabilizing yeah yes that's yes. what puts me in bed and like keeps me from wanting to get out yeah and also it's what justifies calling people and being like you have to drop everything and talk to me because i'm having feelings you have really in challenging work to do but it's not seven million things mm -hmm. that's kind of cool it's like mm -hmm. the universe is like we will torture you with these two big things or this one big thing as opposed to a bazillion things and that's that's kind of cool i mean it's kind of hard mm -hmm. but it's also kind of cool Yes. Let me just check on something. Say your full okay. name out loud. Okay. Do you have to do anything when we get off the phone? Technically, yes. I have to work on a paper. But Torture. I could probably put it off for like an hour or so. Okay. My advice is to languish on the couch or get into bed 45 minutes if you can. Mm -hmm. And give yourself permission to be in your feelings. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until you're activated because we talked about a lot of very hard things. Mm -hmm. And so it's likely to trigger. I mean, I can already feel, uh, you know, activation is is mounting inside of you, right? Sure, yeah. And so I would encourage you to get into the bed, maybe listen to music. If you want to cry, cry. Mm -hmm. Just be in your feelings for no other reason than this. Not that this was hard because, mm -hmm. yeah, it was hard, but also... That's not why. It's because you're activated. 
-hmm. It's because it brought up so much that you can't organize, you can't fix, you can't like heal magically. So Mm -hmm. it's up and it kind of needs to just stay up and Mm -hmm. that's emotional and you're allowed to be emotional about it. So again, I'm encouraging you to not let there be a narrative unless there is one, unless you're like, I fucking hate Jessica. She said this thing or whatever. No, No. I definitely don't. Okay. I definitely don't. I appreciate you a lot. I appreciate you a lot. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But also, you know, I want to hold space for it, but to be able to just like languish in the bed, feel the feelings and to understand that for you, that's one of the things you need is to sometimes be like everything in the world stops. I'm having emotions. So do it. You don't need to, you don't have to wait till you're activated to do it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can just be like, I have to like sip on fancy lemonade and lie in bed and languish. Mm -hmm. Pisces need to languish sometimes. That's a thing. I languish quite a lot. Oh, I bet you do. I bet you do. And and I want to say like, this is a good moment to do that because you can support your system to not get activated because you're yeah. self-soothing before your activation level gets to a place where you feel out of control. Sure. Yeah. Right. Because your your activation level is not super high right now, but it, no. it, it you are activated. Does that does that feel correct? Yeah. I'm also like always activated. <laughs> but this is more so than usual. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is. I mean, you were differently <laughs> activated when we got on the call versus yeah now. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. So. If you can make a habit of being like, okay, on a scale from one to 10, because I'd say you're like a two, three right now. It's not bananas. No. But if you can make a habit of self-soothing somewhere between a three and a five, Mm -hmm. then the frequency with which you get to an eight to a 10 will diminish dramatically. Mm -hmm. So this is part of what the advice is that I'm giving you is like, go language, Mm -hmm. take your three to a two, take your two to a one and a half. That's all. You know what I mean? Like just as a way to give yourself space to desire the, the, the like really languishing into emotions without having to make it into something more than it is. It just, it's how you feel and you yeah. have a right to feel. Yeah, I do. You, you very I much do. do. You very much do. Yeah. Now you and I are recording this on a fucking solar eclipse. We picked quite a day. We picked quite a day. I don't know how or why we did that. We're just bananas. So be very gentle with yourself because this is an intense eclipse. Be very gentle. I'm struggling with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Because because you have Pluto conjoined your Neptune right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's being activated within this eclipse. My advice is to be gentle. If you have a lot of emotions come up, unless there's like a narrative that you're like, oh, this is very real. I just want to say both as a psychic and an astrologer, the likelihood of you feeling activated is is very high. It is because there's these parts of yourself that you've spent your whole life protecting so that yeah. you can enable certain behaviors. And we were just, we just brought them out in the light and we pointed at them, we talked about them. Yeah. So you're going to get activated. And so again, I want to say like, start with the self-soothing today, if you can. Do you ever do any kind of vagus work, vagus nerve work? No, not really. But you know about it, right? I Yeah, I've heard about it. I'm not super familiar with some of the like practices around it, but I know why it can be helpful. And yeah, I mean, it's integrative. Yeah. 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 So one thing I'll say, and maybe you can do this when we get off the phone, but Mm -hmm. a good thing to do, and this is outside of my specialty, but I'll just share and, you know, Mm -hmm. you can use it or not. But a good thing to do when you start to get activated is you keep your head completely straight. Some people like to hold their face, right? Mm -hmm. And then you look whichever side you want to start with, like the left or the right, and you just keep your eyes up. So they're supposed to be up and to the right. So like think about the ceiling and to the right 
until you yawn. And you just hold it there until you yawn. And then you go, you look center, and then you go to the left until you yawn. Okay. And that's it. That really helps the, the nervous system, the parasympathetic system, right? Yeah. So this is like, just see if it helps. If it doesn't help, don't do it again. It's like cheap, easy, boom. If it helps, mm -hmm. yay. If it doesn't help, boo. We mm -hmm. don't do it again. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to have that attitude towards self-soothing. Try it. Doesn't yeah. work. Don't do it again. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just try it and don't, or don't. So I, I would recommend that because, okay. yeah, it's an eclipse and we, yes. we went deep. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it's stuff I know. I do know all this and of course. it's come up in therapy and like, yeah. So Daisy, thank you yes. so much for like showing up and going, going deep in yeah. this reading. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thank you for taking me there. My pleasure. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.